0: Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now sit back, please, and enjoy Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. Get ready to be amazed by the wizard of weird. This is Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. I am Joshua P. Warren, and each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and experiments you can do at home, and a lot more. Thank you for listening, and let me ask you some questions. Do you really want to see a ghost or an angel? Do you want to see a UFO or a Bigfoot? Do you want $1 million, or how about a new car or a new house? Do you want to have psychic powers to help yourself and others? Well, listen to this. There is a secret way to manifest all these things and much more. Now, trust me, it's strange, all right, but that's what this show is about. And you know what? It's also surprisingly simple once you know how to do it. Now, this podcast, the information you're about to hear, can change your life forever, but use it wisely. You know what they say. Be careful what you wish for. Some people are even more naturally inclined to create amazing manifestations. Have you heard that some people have what is called the alien blood type? Now, what does that mean? Do you have it? Do you know someone who does? Well, I'm going to explain what that is all about and give you a little test You can see if you might be one of those people. And I have some weird audio for you from a crop circle. Now, I know there are plenty of fake crop circles, but wait till you hear this audio produced from a real one. Now, maybe it'll just sound like some bizarre noise to you, or maybe you'll hear a special message of some kind. Certain people do. Different people hear this in different ways, but I guarantee you, you have never heard this before. It has never been presented before. So thank you again for listening to this very first edition of Strange Things. You know, I've been professionally investigating the paranormal and strange things for almost 30 years. I've traveled the world exploring. I've conducted crazy lab experiments. I've even invented some tools and techniques that can open your mind and help you experience the universe in a new way, and I'll prove it to you in this podcast. You know, I grew up in Asheville, North Carolina, the heart of the extremely haunted Blue Ridge Mountains. The whole region is full of strange sights, including the Brown Mountain Lights. You know what those are, right? In fact, you know, Brown Mountain, which is close to Asheville, it's this ridge in the National Forest where these Glowing, multicolored balls of light appear at night and just bounce and float around the mountain. No one has ever been able to explain what they are. But here's what's even more intriguing. If you start drawing a line east from Asheville and Brown Mountain, Right through the state of North Carolina, when you get to the middle of the state, there's a spot called the Devil's Tramping Ground, this big barren circle. Nothing will grow there at all. If you put an object in the middle of it, the object will be moved out the next day. The story has always been that the devil himself walks around in this circle at night mulling over all the horrible things he's going to do to people. You keep drawing that line east. You finally hit the coast of North Carolina, where so many ships have sunk. They call it the graveyard of the Atlantic. The first attempt at an English settlement was there off the coast in, I think, 1590. All those settlers disappeared. It's now known as the Lost Colony. And if you continue drawing that line out into the ocean, you finally hit the island of Bermuda, the top point of the so-called Bermuda Triangle. So, as you can see, I have been studying a wide spectrum of things, and studying ghosts led me to studying UFOs, and that led me to studying cryptids, and that led me to studying psychic phenomena. It reminds me of that wonderful quote by the researcher Charles Fort, who said, You can measure a circle beginning anywhere. So, I have been looking at all these different types of, of phenomena, of bizarre events all these years. And I know a lot of people do that just as a thrill seeker. But my big question was actually a more practical one. If these strange paranormal things just materialize, well, they somehow contain a lot of energy. How do they do it? I mean, where is this energy coming from? Where are the batteries, so to speak? I mean, humans eat things for energy. Your car takes gas. Your phone takes a battery. Where does the power come from for these things to manifest? And if we understand that, is there something more useful we can do with that energy? I mean, uh, you know, I started looking at the physical environment. When these things appear, there are often electromagnetic anomalies and electrostatic charges in the air. Now, electrostatic energy is what you experience when you rub your socks against the carpet and then touch a metal doorknob and get a shock. And so I'm, I'm always looking for examples of bizarre electrical charge and electrical currents. And in fact, you know, if you have just a compass, which is sensitive to magnetism, it should always point north. And if it doesn't, it's in the middle of some other interfering field. And so It makes me look a little crazy, I'm sure, but I actually keep compasses strewn all around my house and my laboratory and my studio. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'm looking at one right now, and uh, (laughs) this compass is spinning right now. I swear to you, I have not seen this happen in a long time. Uh, I cannot find out. Uh, I... I cannot figure out why this compass is spinning. Okay. uh, Well, that's a bit of a distraction. We might have something coming through on this podcast. That would be fitting, I guess, for the inaugural Strange Things. I'm just going to keep rolling. Okay. So I don't know. if, If something pops up, if you hear something, if something occurs while I'm recording this podcast, then fine. So be it. That's an example of what I'm talking about. Sometimes, if you just have compasses strewn around, then you can see if some kind of a strange energy field is moving into your area, okay? I'll keep an eye on that, but anyway, look. I started working on back engineering these energy fields in my laboratory. I started creating excessive electromagnetic anomalies and electrostatic charges to see if that might trigger something paranormal. And you know what? It worked. It actually worked. I mean, for example, I was hired by Warner Brothers to work on this major motion picture, a horror movie called The Apparition, which was about artificially creating a ghost, and we did the real experiment in my laboratory and it worked. We created this big, dark, creepy form that was stomping up and down the stairs. It was uh, tossing things around in the kitchen, banging the cabinets. Uh, One lady at the lab even saw this thing and it was shaking its head back and forth like some kind of a, a, a creepy creature. I mean, look, that's a whole other story. Maybe closer to Halloween, I'll tell you more about that one. But look, we have... We have materialized. We've manifested. We produce ghosts. I have. Uh, I use that a technique similar to create some ghostly experiences for my group when we were at one of Vlad the Impaler's castles in Transylvania, in Romania. Again, another story. I'll tell you more in depth, uh, maybe closer to Halloween. Uh, and, and and when it comes to UFOs, same thing. When I was in Puerto Rico on the anniversary of the wow signal. My team and I were able to create a UFO. It actually came down from the sky, more or less on command, right over top of one of my cameras, made this whistling noise and then shot straight back up into the sky. I also used techniques to create a UFO that materialized over a big group of people at a conference. Um, So again, those are stories I'll dig into later, but here is what I ultimately discovered. You can create some electromagnetic chaos in the environment and you can trigger some amazing things. But think about this. You are an electrical machine yourself. Each time your heart beats, there is an electromagnetic pulse around you you can wire several human heads together and power a light bulb. In fact, I even have a human powered light bulb that lights up in your hand just because of the electrostatic charge of the human body. Isn't that amazing? So my study of the environment led me to the study of the mind. And you hear researchers say this all the time. And if you stick with science long enough and your brain is open enough, it will eventually lead you to magical thinking. Sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I'm sure you've heard that quote by the great Arthur C. Clark. And here's where science and magic combine. It's called cymatics. That when you produce a vibration in water or sand, suddenly that water or sand will snap into a physical form, a physical shape. Sustained non-physical vibrations create physical forms and you can use machines but you'd be astounded what you can do just using your mind if you know the secret now when we come back from our first break i'm going to teach you two techniques you can use to manifest or conjure whatever you want you want to see a ghost a ufo a bigfoot Or maybe you just want a million dollars. Listen, if you can manifest, if you can conjure things up, it doesn't just have to be creepy stuff. You can conjure up whatever you want. And I think that is why paranormal investigation and paranormal research is ultimately so valuable. It's not just about getting out there and telling a spooky story around a campfire. It's not just about thrill-seeking, and having something to do on a boring Saturday night. If we can figure out the relationship between these multiple dimensions and how to access the energy, the power supply behind all these amazing things, then we can use them to improve our own lives. So isn't that ultimately what all research should be about? learning how to improve our lives, learning how to make things somehow better. And as this podcast series proceeds, I will be telling you more and more about how ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and psychic phenomena and angels and demons and all these things actually connect and relate to each other and why that they all have time as a centralized common component. Time and the manipulation of time. It makes you scratch your head a little bit, especially when you realize that the smartest cosmologists tell us that there really is no such thing as time. That all past, present, and future are taking place at once and we're just observing it and experiencing it from our own particular point of view. Your brain is not powerful enough to comprehend the whole thing at once. That may sound a little bit disappointing, like, oh, well, if everything's already predetermined, what's the point in trying? Maybe it's not. Maybe there are certain paths that are predetermined, and you can choose which path you want to experience, and maybe some of the tools and techniques I'm going to share with you are going to help with that. I'll tell you all about the secret techniques when we come back. Hey, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren and sign up for my free and spam free e newsletter at joshuap.warren.com. And you'll instantly receive a free digital good luck charm emailed to you. There is no period after the P in joshuap.warren.com. Some people have told me, Josh, be careful now. Be careful what you're going to share with everybody. I've thought about it, i put a lot of effort into it, and here's my philosophy. It's kind of like fire. You can take fire, you can cook a nice meal, you can light your pathway, or you can take fire, and you can do destructive things with it. I'm gonna trust that you're smart, that you're wise, and you're going to do good things with what you're about to learn. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back after this.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner kia movement that inspires call 800-333-4kia for details always drive safely limited inventory available warranties include 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain and five-year 60,000 mile basic warranties are limited see retailer for details
2: i'm scott weinberger journalist and former deputy sheriff in my new podcast series cold-blooded
4: You're listening to
3: Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't forget you can listen to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite
4: shows.
0: Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio here in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is gold and every night is silver. And you know what? Hunter S. Thompson said, When the going gets weird, the weird go pro. And what a weird year it has been. I can tell you, as a professional weirdo, during the break, I've been keeping an eye on this compass here in my studio, and I'm in here by myself. Okay. And nothing else is moving. I know everything that's going on. I know every piece of technology that's in here. It's not spinning anymore. But it has never done that before. I don't know what that means, and I see that as a very auspicious omen regarding the first segment of the first edition of this podcast, and uh, who knows what's going to happen. I have a feeling that (laughs) there, I have a feeling I'm not really alone in here. So, oh boy, Uh, here we go. You may want to take some notes now. Because I am going to give you some invaluable information about how you can start manifesting today. Doesn't cost you a penny as long as you know what to do. Now, of course, as I've told you, there are physical methods of changing the environment. We're going to focus on what you can do mentally, though, to affect your environment, your own experience that you call Your reality. And it's easier for some people to do this than others. That's why we have tools out there to help people like the wishing machine or wands or the miraculous prayer board. All these things that you can learn about on my website. But listen, I'm going to explain right now two methods you can use without any of that stuff by yourself using whatever surely you have in your house right now. And method number one is really important because there are many different ways of achieving the same goal. I mean, it's like cooking. You can put something in the microwave or you can put it in the oven or you can put it on the stove. There are different ways of reaching a certain goal, but there is a fundamental principle here that seems to underlie the most effective manifestation techniques. And it begins with what is called creating a thought form. Now here's what that means. A thought form is something that you should envision as being a bubble. It's like a big ball that you form in your mind, you visualize this in your mind, and then you visualize, once this thing has fully matured, you visualize it shooting out into space, into the universe, like planting a seed so that what you want to occur will begin to then grow. And using the thought form creation method, you can manifest any thing that you want or any situation that you want. Let me give you examples. A thing would be like a ghost. Okay, I want to see a ghost. That's a thing. Or I want to have a new car. That's a thing. But a situation is like, I want a new job. Or I want to be abducted by aliens. Or I want to have a dream tonight in which I visit a deceased loved one or connect with the spirit. You see the difference? You can treat them both the same. Either one can be put into a manageable thought bubble. There's nothing too abstract for you to fit into a thought bubble, but you need a little help using the technique to do that. So here is the first thing you do at the ground level of manifestation. Take out a piece of paper and a pen or pencil. And actually, you know what? This is kind of old fashioned. You could just do this today on your cell phone or your laptop, you could do this digitally. But the point is you need to write down one clear sentence stating what you want. But there are some rules about this sentence. It should start with, I am. So for example, you would write, I am going to see a ghost. I am going to develop ESP. I am going to have a new car. I am going to have a new house, okay? And and honestly, what I found is if you're asking for you know, productive things. If instead of asking for money, just ask for the thing that you want. Okay. This is all about reaching the end goal. And that's why the second rule, when when it comes to your sentence is you have to make the sentence somehow emotional. All right. So what I'm saying is you, you flesh it out and you give it a little more detail. So Let's say instead of saying uh, I want to or I am going to see the ghost uh, tonight or a ghost tonight, you might write, I am going to see the ghost of a woman in a blue dress. Okay, that's a little better because you're involving some other senses and it's making it easier for you to visualize that because you're giving it some description. But you don't want it to be too specific or you'll cut off your options. So if you say. I want to see the ghost of Sally tonight at 7 o'clock in her blue dress, that might be too specific. So you're better off as you begin manifestation to to be be specific but not too specific. You might say instead of I am manifesting a new car, you might say "Uh, I am manifesting a... Red car that's clean and reliable. It would be too specific if you said, I am going to manifest a brand new 2020 Tesla Model X that goes, you see what I mean? That's too specific. So give yourself, and, and, and there's a bit of an art form, it comes with some practice, some trial and error, but you try writing that one clear sentence with some emotional context, and you'll be surprised at how powerful just that part is. The second step in this is to visually represent what you want. And if you happen to be visually impaired, then you can actually do this in whatever way is most pronounced for you, but like for maybe for example, through music or an aroma or an object that you enjoy touching. But if you have decent vision, this is the easiest thing to do. You want to create a visual representation of what it is. And what I mean by that is you can either, if you have artistic ability, you can draw a picture of this or or something that represents all the elements that you want to produce. Or you can get on the internet and find a picture that looks similar. So if you're trying to manifest uh, an alien, get online and look up a picture. You know, just do a search for aliens and images and see what comes up. And then use that as your visual representation. And once you have that, put your statement, your sentence on top of it. So now you have the image and you have the statement. And now... It's great for you to keep this as an image on your desktop or your cell phone. You can print this out, put it on your wall, keep it in a place where you're going to see it. And then the third thing, the third fundamental is repetition. Repetition. You look at it as long and as often as you can. And here's a little trick for that. You might say, how long is it going to take for me to manifest what I want? Well, that depends. That depends on how complex it is. Some things manifest more quickly. It's much easier to manifest a new job than it is to manifest being the director of a major motion picture with 1,000 people involved, okay? Time depends on what you want to do. But the more often you look at it, the faster it will happen to you. And yet, if you look at something over and over it'll eventually become old to you and you'll kind of zone out and you won't even see it so much anymore. So what you have to do to prevent that is take whatever calendar you use and make a note on your calendar once a week to move that representation you have to a new place. So let's say one week you keep it on your refrigerator and then you get your calendar and it says, Oh, time to move my, uh, my little representation of what I'm manifesting, fine. Then you take it and now maybe you'll put it on your bathroom mirror. And then after a week, maybe you're gonna move it and you'll put it in your car. You move it around and so that keeps it fresh on your mind. Those are the three fundamental things that you do for all direct manifestation of this thought form, this thought bubble that you're shooting out into the universe. A clear statement with emotional context, Specific, but not too specific. Number two is you visually represent it somehow. And number three is you keep up the fresh repetition by seeing it over and over. That is the first big way to achieve this. Now, here's method number two. This one is a little weirder. It's similar, but it's a little weirder. Method number two is what is called creating a minion. This means in this method, you can create a little helper, To help you carry out a task, you're going to give life to a being or a creature that you have sort of imagined, okay? Here we go again. Get a piece of paper, preferably. At the bottom, write down this sentence. Instead of saying, I am, you're telling this thing what you want it to do for you. Say, I want you to blank. And that could be, I want you to make it sunny on my daughter's birthday for her birthday party. Or I want you to do something really nuts. nutso. Like I want you to uh, help politicians stand up and announce there are aliens here. Or I want you to uh, help this person get along with this person. Okay, the sky's the limit. After that you draw a picture of this being and it can look as crazy and weird as you can possibly imagine. It could look like a little cute cuddly squirrel or bunny rabbit. It could look like some, you know, epic interdimensional HP Lovecraft, you know, beast or a god. It doesn't matter. Just create some representation of it. It doesn't matter if you can draw well either. Just give it a shot. Just do the best you can drawing a picture of this being. And that is your new minion. So now you have a picture of your minion and you have a command there that you're giving it. Now, the next step is you have to give it a name and you write that name on there. And that name could be anything. You, you, you could make up some gibberish. So your name is Ozoblon or your name is Wickedy Zamzu or you could call it something more normal. Well, your name is Freedom or your name is Helper. Just give it a name and write that name on there. Now you have a picture of this being that you have created. You have a command that you've given this being. You have its name there. And next, you want to speak to it and say, hey, I have given you life. Thank you for helping me and going out here and working for me. And so now, I'm going to give you a gift. And then you want to take something that you love And you want to put it down on a plate in front of that minion that you've created, the servant, the servitor that you've created to do your task and leave it there for three days. But make sure it's something you like. For example, I like beef jerky. So I go and I find my favorite beef jerky that I would like to eat, but instead of me eating it, I put it down and I leave it for three days for my minion to have. And then after three days, I throw it in the garbage. Maybe you have a beautiful plant and you cut off a flower from that plant and leave it there for three days. Just put something of value there for three days. At the end of that, you remove it and you say, thank you very much now, wizardy Zamzu. Now go please do what I asked you to. And that is how you create a minion. Now, some people can do this more easily if they have the so-called alien DNA, the alien blood type. Now, what does that mean, and do you have it? If not, you can use tools, but uh, when we come back from this break, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the alien blood type, and we're going to figure out whether or not you may have it. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back after
2: this. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff in my new podcast series, cold Blooded.
1: This
0: is George Norrie, and you're listening to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your
1: favorite shows.
0: Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren. And you know, some people are magnets for the strange, the mysterious, the paranormal, the unexplained. Are you one of those people? Do you know someone who is like that? Well, many of these people, not all, but many of them, have what some call the alien DNA, the alien blood type. Do you know what that means? Well, I'll do my best to explain. One of the best resources on this topic is a book written by my buddy, great guy, fantastic writer, Mr. Nick Redfern, He has a book called Bloodline of the Gods, Unravel the Mystery of the Human Blood Type to Reveal the Aliens Among Us. So reading his book and other articles and resources and doing some research of my own, let me try to, in a nutshell, capture for you what this is all about. And and whether or not you have it, it's, it's just an interesting concept altogether. So the red blood cells have a protein that is called RH on the surface of the cell. And your blood can be RH positive, which means you have the RH protein, or RH negative, which means you do not have the RH protein. So the letter of your blood group plus the RH makes your blood type. So me, for example, my blood type is O positive. So that means I do have this RH uh, protein. They actually call it an antigen. And so that means I do not have the alien blood type because it has to be negative. So these antigens here, uh, they say the whole purpose uh, for them Physiologically, biologically, is that they support a healthy immune system. That's the primary thing. And 85 to 90% of the world, uh, all the people in the whole world, now think about that 85 to 90% of all the people in the world have this Rh protein. And by the way, Rh comes from the term rhesus factor. You know about, like, you've heard of a rhesus monkey? Back in the 1930s, uh, scientists believed that we had this in common with rhesus monkeys and that this was more evidence that all humans evolved from lesser primates. So that's where the Rh comes from, rhesus factor. So every single primate, every single primate on the planet has the Rh antigen, except for 10 to 15% of humans. Isn't that weird? Now we're all supposed to have it, so why is it that ten to fifteen percent of the humans on Earth don't have it? Well, scientists say, "Oh, it's it's just a, it's a mutation." Yeah, these things happen. It's kind of convenient, you know. I, I've noticed that scientists say that a lot <laughs> when everything doesn't add up and equate. They just go, oh, "It's a mutation." Yeah. yeah so if you have a negative blood type you don't have it but you know you can get a blood kit online for like 12 bucks and you can test if you don't know your blood type uh, get, you have to prick your finger get a little drop of blood or your doctor can tell you uh, determining your your actual total blood type is, is kind of complicated i'm not going to get into that on this podcast but uh, just for your information o negative is what they call the universal donor you can donate to anybody But they say if you are RH negative, it doesn't usually cause any health problems unless you are a woman who becomes pregnant. Let me explain, because this is sort of the crux of the the theory there may be alien intervention. Nick Redfern wrote an article at MysteriousUniverse.org, and I'm going to read some of that article for you. He said, quote, For a pregnant woman who is RH negative, the hazards can be both considerable and extremely dangerous. If a woman who is RH negative is made pregnant by a man who is also RH negative, the problems are non-existent and there is no need for concern. Both individuals are wholly compatible with one another. The fetus will develop in normal fashion and the child will be born RH negative. If, however the father is Rh positive and the mother is Rh negative, that's where the problems can begin and the results may prove to be very different and tragically so as the developing fetus will be Rh positive. It is this latter issue that gets to the very crux of the problem. As incredible as it may sound, the blood of an Rh negative pregnant woman can be completely incompatible, let me repeat that, incompatible, with the blood of an RH-positive baby or babies that she is carrying. Such a situation can provoke the mother's own blood to produce potentially lethal antibodies, which are designed to attack the fetus's blood, and... Uh, if and when the former is exposed to the latter. So there's he's basically saying here, uh, let's see, quote, in other words, the RH positive baby is perceived by the mother's negative immune system as something hostile, something not quite as it should be. For all intents and purposes, the unborn child is considered something to be gotten rid of at the earliest opportunity possible. The process by which the mother effectively tries to attack and kill its very own offspring via the blood is termed sensitization. In this peculiar process, the mother's blood crosses into the placenta and then into what is termed the fetal circulation, where it proceeds to wage war on the baby's blood cells, which are made in the bone marrow and that are absolutely vital for carrying oxygen about the body. It's a war to the death for all intents and purposes, end quote. So hopefully that made sense to you. Uh, You know, they say there is a stringent medical treatment that can help RH negative women in this position, but the entire situation is so severe that sometimes the pregnancy ends. So the question becomes, is it possible that this occurs because our primate DNA is so different from the alien DNA. At that level, perhaps they are incompatible. And is this genetic evidence that some other species, aliens, impacted some human lineage? Are we to some degree part of a huge alien lab experiment. You hear a lot about this sort of thing on the show, ancient aliens, for example. And, you know, some have even suggested that DNA is actually a virus altogether that landed on earth via a meteorite or a comet and spawned what we call life. That we are a virus on planet earth and the aliens Play with us sometimes. You may have seen in the news recently, now scientists think there's a very good chance there is bacterial life hovering around the planet Venus. Nobody saw that one coming. I'll keep an eye on that for you and and give you uh, updates. I have friends with NASA. So anyway, thousands of RH negative people around the world report being paranormal magnets. I mean, again, if you're not one of them, do you know someone like this? Well, ask yourself some questions. Okay, here are some basic questions that you can use to possibly determine uh, whether or not you are RH negative and if you, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're inclined to these sorts of things. So for one thing, um, most people who are RH negative tend to have a greater than average IQ, Next, they are not big fans of the sun. They have an inability to tolerate bright sunlight and high temperatures. Next, they have lower than average blood pressure. Next, they are, generally speaking, more psychic. Next, they are often more vivid dreamers. Next, they often see many more synchronicities, what you could call meaningful coincidences that sort of play out throughout their lives. Next we have, and this is an especially interesting one, perhaps an inherited memory of the cosmos and space travel, something about that that just seems very appealing, familiar, intriguing. For example, Eric Von Doniken, who wrote Chariots of the Gods, he is RH negative. So, you know, maybe that kind of a personality. Now, here's some more extreme stuff. I'm just going to toss it out here because, you know, it's 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 bizarre. A lot of these people tend to have an extra rib. You might have an extra rib and you don't even know it. When's the last time you counted your ribs? You might want to look that up and count your ribs today. Uh, some of them have more of a tailbone or even a stump of a tail. Kind of reminds you of how reptilians are supposed to look, doesn't it? A lot of RH negative people have a strong connection to crop circles as well. And we're going to get into crop circles in a minute. I told you I have some audio to play for you. And they tend to just have more of a sensitivity of the world in general and how our planet connects with other planets, perhaps other star systems. I think you get the idea. Now, I want to reiterate, you don't have to be RH negative in order to be a paranormal magnet or to, you know, have some of these attributes. I mean, it just seems like that it comes more easily, more naturally to those people. I mean, I, for example, can play the piano. and However, if I want to sit down and learn how to play some Rachmaninoff or something, I have to work at it. You know, I have to practice. I can do it, and I have more of an ability to do it than the average person. But I'm not like Mozart, who was five years old when he just sat down and started playing concertos forwards and backwards. You know, some people really have this profound ability to do these things naturally. And that's why that... You may have uh, an inclination to be attracted to paranormal stuff and manifest things, but you also need tools to help you out, which is why I say it's great that we have these manifestation devices or uh, we give you techniques that you can use to put your mind in the right place. But when it comes to this sort of connection to the cosmos, that's one of the reasons that the whole crop circle thing is kind of interesting. The sounds that I've been able to get from crop circles. And I'm going to explain, of course, more about this. Um, The one I'm going to play for you, to some people, it just sounds like chaos. It's not easy on the ears. It's definitely odd. But I played this for a few other people. Well, actually, I'll be honest with you. I have privately played this for probably about a few dozen people. And some people who have heard it, and I've never presented this publicly before, some people who have heard this say that they actually hear a message that speaks to them, a voice that comes through. It can be eerie or it can be comforting or transcendent. So it's going to be really interesting to see what you hear when I play this for you. And um, who knows, this might even be something that you could crank up if you're a UFO investigator and uh, maybe you could play this part of the podcast on your investigation and attract, well, somebody's attention out there in the cosmos, if you know what I mean. So get ready for that when we come back. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back after this.
3: You're listening to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows.
0: Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of the podcast. This is Strange Things on the iHeartMedia Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren. And listen, I realize that there are a lot of fake crop circles out there, but there are some real ones. I mean, think about this. If you go to the beach, you can look at the sand and you can see if a horse has been running along the beach. Of course, you could also easily go out there and fake that if you wanted to. You just get yourself a couple of sticks with some horseshoes. You walk out onto the edge of the beach, you push them into the sand, and you just walk backward. And as you walk backwards, you're you're covering up your own steps as you're putting down the horse footprints and I tell you this because yeah just because something can be fake doesn't mean there isn't a real legitimate item article there to begin with and crop circles are especially interesting because we don't know where the legitimate crop circles come from the legitimate ones and so let's just take for granted. Yes, they can be faked, but the ones that we believe are authentic, for whatever reasons. I mean, some of these, for example, they are radioactive. Some of them show these strange effects on the the grass or the wheat, whatever plant has been there. It looks like the water inside has boiled and they popped. You know, you have all these odd things. Sometimes people actually are witnesses and they see some type of uh, of a UFO over the area where the crop circle appears. We know, if we'll look at the footage from the Pentagon, we know that we have these bizarro craft that are flying around our planet. They're going in and out of the ocean. They're zipping off through the skies. I would imagine occasionally they land here on the surface of the planet. And if they do that, well, then they create some kind of an impression. And that may very well be what causes some of these. In other cases, I'm sure they realize that when they land, it creates an impression. And so maybe some of these crop circles are an attempt to communicate with us using some language that is not quite familiar to us, but uh, maybe there is some kind of common denominator there remember in the movie close encounters of the third kind how uh, the aliens couldn't necessarily speak english and we couldn't necessarily speak their language but we communicated through music right Da-da-da-da-da. something like that perhaps so i don't know but i find it intriguing To consider all the possibilities, Uh, you know, you also have to think that, you know, hey, Earth is just like a gigantic drum that's being pounded every second by lightning bolts, I can't remember how many, I think like every second, like hundreds, if not thousands of lightning bolts hit the earth, banging it like a drum, boom, 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 boom. And uh, uh, the earth is spinning and all the lava is, is moving in different directions and the tides are shifting around. And sometimes maybe you just have a resonance that comes straight out of the earth and creates one of these patterns, just like a cymatics pattern I was telling you about that you have a condensed vibration and it gets expressed in the middle of a field and look, we have a nice cymatic pattern. So I have used a technique that I invented called parasymatics in order to take pictures of different things and scan them to get a sound from them. Now, when I first started doing parasymatics work, what I was really doing was using sounds to create vibrations that I could turn into images. But then I decided to reverse that and do what I call paranormal, excuse me, Parasymatics 2.0, in which I take an image and I turn it into a sound using a special technique or combination of techniques. So this means I can take an image of a crop circle or the pyramids or a galaxy far, far away that you and I will never get to visit in person physically but we can still study it maybe by seeing what tones we get from it. And in the future, I'll go into more detail about how I do my parasymatics research. Uh, It's all for free there on my website, of course, if you uh, wanna go ahead and take a look at it now. But I decided to do a lot of crop circle research and find a crop circle that all the crop circle experts agree is one of the most legit. It's from England. And, uh, this one was captured about 10 years ago on film. And so I took this crop circle and I ran it through my system to get whatever tone I could get from it. And I started with my basic Parasymatics 2.0, and then I combined it with another system that also helps to create, um, spectrographs and, I, I, I sometimes I'd speed it up or slow it down. It, it, a lot of this, again, it's, it's, it's trial and error. I mean, it, it's like if you, if I hand you a record and a record player and you've never seen these things before, you have to experiment to figure out what speed is going to be the right speed. So I took this crop circle and I extracted this sound from it that I'm about to play for you. Now, this is just a clip that is, Oh, about 20 seconds long. Now, I'll warn you that this may be kind of hard on your ears. Some people hear it. They say "Ah, this is not a pleasant sound. But then I've had people who listen to it and they say, oh, my God, you didn't hear the message. You didn't hear the voice. And I go, "Uh, no. Now, I could tell you what some of these people are hearing, but I don't want to do that. Because if I do that, I will be planting a suggestion in your mind that might influence what you hear. So instead, I'm going to play this for you, and then you can email me what you hear if you hear anything intelligible from this sound. And on a future podcast, probably my podcast next week, uh, I will talk a little bit more about what some people who have heard a message sent me. What did they hear? So, and, and you know, this whole show is, it's really an interactive show. It's more like a conversation, really, <laughs> because here I am, I'm giving you some some information, but you're going to turn around and do stuff with it, and you're going to give it back to me. So here we go. Relax. Close your eyes if you if you can. Don't do it if you're driving. Close your eyes if you can, and listen to 20 seconds of this tone extracted from a legitimate crop circle. Here we go. Now that you know what to expect, let's listen to that one more time and really think about whether or not it reminds you of something here on Earth. Does it remind you of a sound that you've heard from space? You know, Sometimes you get to hear these things like, I don't know, the rings of Saturn. Um, Does it sound like it could be ET phoning one way or the other? Listen very closely and see if there's a message in there for you something that you might begin to understand maybe it'll haunt your dreams here we go one more time now okay I told you That was going to be weird, and that was definitely weird. Uh, (laughs) Since this is recorded, you can go back and you can listen to it over and over again. I know that some of you who are investigators will take that part of this podcast and you'll go out there and you'll play it. You'll point it up at the sky and you'll play it and see what happens. Maybe even loop it over and over. Go ahead. Do it. I tell you what. That recording is yours. I'm giving that to you. I am releasing it freely into the public domain. You can do with it what thou wilt. Take it out and experiment with it. And we'll let everybody know what happens. Again, probably on my next podcast. And, you know, that's that's one of those things I want you to think about. What What tones would you like to hear? Because every week I plan on playing a tone for you that you've never heard before from something extraordinary. What do the great pyramids sound like? What does Stonehenge sound like? What does, you know, a star system, the, what, what do the Pleiades sound like? Uh, what does a $100 bill sound like? What happens if you play that tone? Is that going to attract money? What does a strand of DNA sound like? Or, ooh, ooh, how about this one? What if I get a tone from an RH positive strand of DNA and an RH negative and play both of those? What kind of a difference might we hear if I do that? Oh, boy. Yeah, this is... We're going to have fun with this. And I'm telling you, it's going to be brand new stuff that you can only hear right here on Strange Things. So listen, before I I wrap up this particular edition, uh, next week I also want to focus on this topic of you got to see it to believe it. You got to see it to believe it. It's one thing to hear me talk about my experiences, and I'll be telling telling you as we get closer to Halloween about a lot of weird, crazy, creepy things I've experienced. But you want to see things too, don't you? And I have invented a very simple device that you can make at home for probably for free or next to nothing. Okay. That will, I believe, allow you to open your third eye and let you see the aura. You've heard about people seeing the aura before, you can tell if somebody's being honest or dishonest. You can see if your pet's doing well, if your plants are doing well. Maybe you want to increase your chances of seeing into the spiritual realm. I mean, I'm going to tell you how you can create a device at your house for, again, next to nothing, that will open your third eye and allow you to see other realms. I'm dead serious. So you want to tune in for that next week. Uh, Also, in an upcoming edition of this podcast, I'm going to tell you how to move objects with your mind. Huh? Yeah. How to move objects with your mind. I, in an upcoming edition, I'm going to tell you about something called the magic of names. This is a technique that you can use to solve many problems in your life. But it's a pretty darn strange topic. You're going to love it. Uh, we're going to do lots of interactive psychic experiments. Uh, just wait till you see what I have in store for you. You can also feel free to email me. And I'd like to read some of your emails on this podcast. If you go to joshuapwarren.com and scroll down the homepage, you'll find my email address there. And if you send me an email, um, you know, let me know if it's meant to be kept private or if it's something I can read on the podcast. Because if you don't say it's meant to be kept private, I'm going to assume I can read it. But I also want to know, can I use your name and where are you from? So if you're going to email me, tell me, if this needs to be kept private and if not tell me what name I can use for you or I could say it's anonymous I understand everybody needs privacy or uh oh and also you know you got to tell me where you're from so go to joshua and send me an email and we'll be getting interesting reports from all over the world so (laughs) yeah good things are on the way well That is it for this edition of the program. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren and sign up for my free e-newsletter at joshuapwarren.com and you will instantly receive a free digital good luck charm emailed to you. Check out free wild videos and pics and see things in the curiosity shop that you won't find anywhere else. Remember, there is no... Period After the P in joshuapwarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to join us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. I'm Joshua P. Warren, and you've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. You've been listening to Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. For shows like this and others, please make sure to tune in to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Like us on
4: Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone.